Hello and welcome to episode 867 of The Sleeper and the Bust. It is Thursday, November 19th. I'm your host, Paul Spore, joined by Justin Mason. Justin, good morning, sir. I need help. Yes, you do. You should not be in another draft right now. I you specifically be. said that you weren't going to play another one for a while. Not a day later, you th- send me new draft with your top three picks. <laughs> I have a problem. You love drafting. Yeah, well, uh, our friend uh, Bubba Enchikin uh, um, from over at uh, Rota Baller and a bunch of Bubba podcasts and uh, Fantasy Deegans, um, he said he was going to jump into one. I was like, hey, just let me know. Um, I'll jump in with you. So me and uh, Greg Blankenship and uh, Bruce Cagle Jr. and uh, and Bubba doing a NFBC 50. So just a little fun, uh, a little bit more prep. Definitely a different build for me, but it is already my fourth draft of the year, and we're not even to Thanksgiving. That's crazy, dude. Yeah. I'm to get in one of those, though, because uh, it does sound fun. Mm-hmm. And watching, you know, following your teams, it's been it's been fun to see, like, okay, you're putting some real stuff on out there, too, because this is going to be such a weird draft season. And yeah. obviously, it's, it's already going on. Um, and then there's like the pre-draft, you know, there's like the pre-free agency draft season, which you're in right now. Then there's when the dust settles, and then there's when we get to March. There's like three distinct seasons in the draft season. But this first one is fun because it's so volatile that a lot of uh, a lot of crazy stuff can happen for the positive and the negative. Mm-hmm. You know, guys get hurt. You're like, oh my god, I drafted him three in the third round of like four leagues, or something else happens or another injury happens and the residual effect is this guy I drafted in the 48th round is now a starter. Holy crap. Mm -hmm. So there's so much of that when you draft this early that that can be a lot of fun. I recommend it for people who are already really plugged in, have really Mm -hmm. strong opinions about certain players before ADP starts to really settle and you start seeing guys shoot up the boards. Uh, This gives you the opportunity kind of, buy into those players yeah get some uh, money on mm-hmm. the, like for those of you that play a lot of leagues care about having certain players mm-hmm. got to get them at their certain prices and if you don't want to pay when they go up you know your your alec bohms of the world yeah um your Randy your like i already have Bo Bichette, Bichette yeah. in two leagues i almost took him uh in this league and decided to go lindor instead uh, just because I was afraid of overexposing myself uh, too early in draft season. Um, but, uh, I mean, it's, it's yeah, it's an opportunity to really learn the pool, too. Like, I, yes. I'm really learning a lot about, okay, this is where this position drops off. This is where, uh, you know, this position gets really weak. Um, and these are the guys that I really like to target late. Uh, unfortunately, I'll be pushing some of them up the ADP because, uh, you know, guys like Cedric Mullins was going in like the top or just outside of the top like 400 and I, I took him like three or well like two something now get what you when you mentioned him it was on something I think it was from the two early mocks and I was like mm-hmm. when we're picking like sleepers but man ever since I've been keyed in on on that and I was like damn he had a nice season mm-hmm. very quietly had a nice season Cedric Mullins great late speed option so um yeah i think i'm gonna get into one and and because i do want to get some more knowledge on the pool i played the two early mocks which is great but also put a little juice on on something too mm-hmm. i definitely want to get in on some players before their prices and uh, bravo F- to bravo to nfbc for instituting some cheaper games for people who yes. you know not everybody's got 1700 throw on the main event um, or even 350 to play in the online championship, you know. So 150 in the NFC yeah. league, you're yeah. gonna get a quality competition league, mm-hmm. you know. And you may run like you might not want to, but it, but if you are looking for that um, for that competition, you may run in two, three like main league, main event studs. Mm-hmm. Like they might just be doing a league at that point. You're like, oh, okay, cool. I've been hearing these names before. But even if you don't, if you don't recognize any of the names, the the random sampling from an NFBC draft, I'd put up against any other Agreed. site. I, I mean, as far as the competition that you're going to get. Now, some people run from that. They just want to kind of mark fools. 
and hey, which is fine. Find something. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that, you do your thing. But I want to. I want to do well in the main someday. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, you know, working at the working at the lower levels is how you're going to do that. Yep. And, and putting in that. But, and again, it's, it's not for. I understand that. I understand that. some people are like you spend over X dollars on a fantasy league. You're insane. I get that. We all have different things. Um, we make our life out of fantasy baseball, so we kind of want to make it so that we can afford it. Like I do the black book to pay for the main event, basically. Like that's an off-season mm-hmm. uh, project that I uh, am involved in and love, by the way. But I'm like, yo, the first seventeen hundred from that, there's my main event entry. So it's not into my normal. It's not into my my normal budget of, you know, what I make from Fangraphs. So. Um, because it is expensive, I, you know. I don't make a ton of money, but and that's an expensive thing to do. But it's a lot of fun, and so uh, yeah. NFBC, we we obviously very much promote them, um, and I will I will promote the the fifties in the off season. If anybody is running one and you have a spot, hit me up because I'm looking for one here in the next few days. Anyway, we got to talk about Robinson Cano and his dumbass. I'm sorry, man. <laughs> there is no justification here. No, on thoroughly any not. level. I'm not even saying there isn't really always a justification to do it, no matter what. I'm not saying that there are some. I, I think personally, I, you know, I, I I don't really lose my mind uh, on PED suspensions. Um, I think I think there's like a cost benefit analysis for some people mm-hmm. where it's like it makes a lot of sense. That even if you get caught and you take that hit, but but it was worth it for that great year that you had that you got a three year deal mm-hmm. off of. Yep, the Melky like Cabrera. Yeah, like you know. there there are times, and it can be somebody from the states or from out, out of state. Like it it, but but you know people who grow up poor, and they see this big opportunity. You you can understand that. Robinson Cano is not poor, never will be poor. Probably can't be poor. I mean, you, we've seen athletes blow through mm-hmm. fortunes before, but you know he's got money for days, and all he's got to do is just show up to work for three more years. And once he get like seventy five mil, yeah, seventy three mil, I believe, uh, for Shauna, I think is yeah, AAV is is twenty four million, and he so. takes one of the most basic steroids there is to get caught yeah. from. In fact, that's the thing. I can't remember. I want to say it was Victor Conti. It's not entirely important who it is, um, but I believe this is the one. It's Stanislaw. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want to say that when uh, Starling Marte got caught for it, I was reading an article that quoted that quoted Conti that said, you're stupid if you get caught with that. Yeah. Like, like you should never get caught with it based on when you, when you do it. Uh, Marte did nandrolone so mm-hmm. it wasn't him so it must have been somebody else but this is a few summers ago that i remember reading this and it's just like you should never be caught with this because the cycling that you should do should make it it's and you're going to get caught if you get tested it's like one. it's like one of those things that's so obvious um this is one of the obvious ones there's a there's a handful of them but stan is all like what are you doing dude what are you doing yeah i mean you know, from a straight, you know, and I work in the, the field of drug and alcohol recovery, so I know a lot about these kind of drugs. But, I mean, this is not like the last time he got popped um, when he got caught taking diuretic, which, you know, is obviously a masking agent. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's what a lot of guys now get caught for is, is they're not getting caught for the steroid. They're not getting caught for whatever the PED is. They're getting, they're getting caught for some sort of masking agent. Yeah. Um, but this is just a straight anabolic steroid, and yeah. it's one that was, up as it gets. yeah, this one was one that was super popular back in the '80s, uh, especially for weightlifters. It, uh, <laughs> there's no reason he should be taking this, um, even if that's the goal is to yeah. get on steroids. Uh, there's just better things on the market. Someone with his, um, you know, bank account, yeah, with and, his means, like, yeah. come on. So if if you're going to do that, which again, you know, I get he's 38, maybe feels like I, I got to fight an extra bit to stay yeah, on the field. He and, doesn't and, have another contract coming. Like, no, no, I, I, the one thing I could understand a little 
would be if you feel your, feel your body breaking down, you're 38, even though he was fantastic this year, mm-hmm. although we don't know if he was. Yeah, now we wonder why. Yeah, <laughs> but um, if you feel like you have to earn that contract, that there is a little part that might feel like, I got to do everything I can to make sure that that 24 mil, I don't become a bum, you know, late career guy who isn't earning my keep at that. I still think it's remarkably stupid to have done that. I, yeah. I, this is not me justifying it. This is a little bit of me trying to understand where he might be coming from by doing that and being like, I got to stay. But dang, dude, I feel like he could just be a league average player. And it, yeah, that wouldn't be earning 24 mil, but it, it wouldn't be the end of the Like people would be fine with it. You know, I know New York would, would, would rag him. And maybe that's, maybe that's, maybe that's what he's thinking too. Like I'm not going out to the, you know, craziness of New York and not playing at my best. I got to take this. And yeah, but now you're not basic steroid there. Yeah. And now, now, now it's gonna be more ruthless than ever. When you do come back, he maybe should just retire. He's going to be a bench player. Like, you know, I'm not, I mean, he shouldn't retire. He's still got, (laughs) well, yeah, still got $48 million over the, 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 the final two years of his deal. He's not, um, yeah, you know, leave that on the table. Uh, but I mean, now he's looking at, missing a full season the Mets are gonna get better they're gonna add pieces and mm-hmm. will there be a full-time spot for him when he gets back it seems unlikely yeah it's um it's not good it's not yeah. good it does clear up some things that you and I were talking about though it does with regards to the playing time and you know guy you were talking about Andres Jimenez mm-hmm. and I was like you know okay well that infield is kind of locked Jimenez got it locked in over Ahmed Rosario. Um, and then Jeff McNeil got a locked in spot. Does JD Davis have a locked in spot? Well, now they all do. Um, except for Rosario, I should say. Um, if, 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 if Jimenez does have that job over Rosario, all of a sudden Rosario's on the bench until the DH comes in, then you can finagle some things. But as it stands right now, I don't think Rosario is on this team come, uh, Come March, anyways, and I think he's part of the Lindor trade. Um, okay, yeah, but I think this gives them the opportunity now to not only trade a few major league pieces, you know, plus some minor league pieces for Lindor, mm-hmm. but then still have the roster flexibility to go out and get a guy like Springer. So they could easily move a McNeil and Rosario plus minor league pieces or a Mc. Or uh, Rosario plus Nimo and minor league pieces for Lindor, and then go get Springer. Dang, that would be insane. So, especially if Bauer does go back to Cincinnati and you can't really improve your pitching that much, you're able to go and get Lindor and really just give yourself uh, an amazing lineup. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, um, there's the fallout from Cano. He's out. Don't draft him. Cut him where you got him comfortably uh big injury news you ever uh you ever dislocate your shoulder celebrating um i have dislocated my shoulder i've not done it celebrating well you're not cool until you do it celebrating apparently we knew when cody bellinger did that uh go ahead you know bash bros shot with uh, i believe kike hernandez that he was clearly stung by it 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 did not feel good for him because he was all over that shoulder, um, you know, into the next inning and everything. And we come to learn he needs he needs surgery on it. Now this was this was an injury that was aggravated. It it, it did not uh, one apparently this was something that was kind of lingering and then flared up with that celebration more so, but became a big enough issue that he had to get in there get a little cleanup and now needs ten weeks of rest. Should be fully recovered for the start of spring training in late February, but I think this, I think this moves him down a little bit because ten weeks from now, um, you're talking, and that's just that's just pure rest, Justin. Yeah. So that's um, that's late January before you can even get going. Now that still leaves enough time to get some sort of ramp up before you go to spring training, assuming we even have February spring training. You know, mm-hmm. we cannot not ignore what's going out on uh, going on out in the real world with regards to Corona. Uh, we might not even have spring training at a normal time. Um, but we have to operate as though we are going to until things change. 
And I think this moves Cody Bellinger down a bit. Was he tracking a firm first round ADP? I believe he was. Okay, um, I, I will pull that up. Why, I, I, why I have say... it right here. Okay. Yeah, he was uh, 14.54. So okay. late first round in a uh, in a 15-team league, early second round. Um, in Ranging no lower league. than 19, yeah. right? Yeah, 19 was the max pick. Um, though we don't know if that happened after. Well, probably not. Drafts, I think, right now are, are slow drafts. So most likely that was uh, prior to the news. Uh, I mean, this takes him out of first-round consideration um, for me in a 15-team league and really kind of out of most of the second round. In... Yeah, we got to play a little uh, would-you-rather here with with some of these players to see where you're at Uh between a, a, a recovering Bellinger and them. Mm-hmm. Let's just start right around 19 there with uh, Cody Bellinger or Bryce Harper. Harper. Same. Uh, Manny Machado or Cody Bellinger? Who? Um, On around 20th. I'm going to go Machado. Same. DJ LeMahieu going 26th or Cody Bellinger? I'm going to... Oh, that's a that's really tough. I think I'm gonna go Lemayhu. I am too. Corey Seager, right around the same exact ADP as DJ Lemayhu. Teammates. I think that's the line for me. I think I take Ballinger there. I think I probably take Seager. Although I will say uh, Mondesi goes next among hitters. I think I take Mondesi ahead of both Dodgers. Person. No, Ozzy Albies. Ozzy Albies. Who did I say? You said Mondesi. No, no, I was looking at Mondesi. I meant Albies. Sorry. I mm-hmm. fully meant Albies. Um, I would not take Mondesi there. I still am terrified of him. <laughs> I would take him I would take him around his ADP. I, I will admit that, but I would not bump him up uh, off the 30. Sorry, I was staring at his name and meaning to say Albies. I would take Albies above both Dodgers. Mm-hmm. But then the Seager-Bellinger does become... Seager-Bellinger is where I have my, my internal debate there. Uh, I mean, there is an argument to be made that maybe he was dealing with his shoulder all year, and that's why he struggled, and maybe this makes him better. I just want to see him be healthy before I'm willing to take him. So this is just for I totally agree, because I could totally see Ballinger not on track, going to start late. Mm -hmm. But then everyone panics, and then the price sinks, and then those of you doing like February drafts, you're getting him in the third round. And yep. then mid-March comes, and he actually started on March 1st, and he's had two weeks of run-up, and he actually is fine, and then he runs his way back up into the top, you know, 18. Like, I can yeah. see a lot of fluctuation. On like the Freddie Freeman team. coming into 2020, yes. where we just didn't know, and so therefore, you know, he was going as late as I saw the fifth round in, in drafts and stuff. Um, I don't think we should be pushing Bellinger necessarily that far down, but I that I'm going to avoid... Uh, in my early draft before we have more information. Same. I just don't want to. Uh, I just don't want to risk it too much. Let's talk about some free agents, including a guy we just talked about here. We're going off Craig's top fifty. Um, we did the first five. We're doing the next ten minus Stroman and Gosman, who accepted the qualifying offer. They were at mm-hmm. eleven and fifteen. So let's start with DJ Lemayhew, who um, you know is going very high. He backed up what he did last year, fantasy wise. So there's still a lot of love for him. There's still triple eligibility, which we love to see. We don't know where he's going to go. Um, Craig has him for 3 and 31. The me- median crowdsource had him 342. And then the average crowdsource was around three and a half years, 62 mil. Obviously, you can't get a half year, but um, so they were, they were, the average was pretty high. I'm kind of right where that median is, 342, like 14 mil a year. I think it's going to be 12 to 14 mil. I think it gets a little bit more than Craig thinks at the 10 mil per. Um, but I think that keeps plenty of teams in the mix for DJ LeMayhew. I <laughs> We talked about this on uh, the last episode because you did it a few times as far as putting a guy right back on the team that they're with. Mm-hmm. I have a hard time not doing that. Yeah, and it sounds like from reports that that's where he wants to be. Uh, is going back to the Yankees, to, right? Yeah, it just makes too much sense, especially a team 
with so much injury uh, potential and injury risk mm-hmm. to get a guy who can play three different positions in your infield uh, and has been as fantastic as he has since coming over uh, from the Rockies. I just, I do. I think he ends up back in New York. I think it's like three thirty-six. Yep. So yep. that's about twelve per. Yeah, that's where I'm at. Um, is that I, I think I think that's what we're looking at. Uh, I hate I hate the Yankees, mm-hmm. but uh, we all like do. a lot of their players. You know, the hate has died down though. It's not a mot like intensity because you know why? Because <laughs> they don't win anymore. So it's not. It's easier to like them, and they have a lot of likable players, including yep. DJ LeMahieu. Yep. So they can bring back another one of their likable players. I actually have found myself liking uh, quite a few of their players when back in the day, it's like, you know, Evil Empire. And I've always, like, my hate for them has always been because they're good. I fully grant, like, everybody I, is. I, I, I buy into the Evil Empire thing. Anyone who says, like, team, you know, you know the majority of America hates certain teams, because of this or because of that. I think the Astros may be like the only example of, uh, at least a recent example of a team where like everybody hated him, but for the right reason. Like people yeah. mostly hate teams like the Patriots, hate out teams like, yeah, the Lakers, at, at, you know, the Yankees out of jealousy, straight But jealousy. some fans refuse to admit it and they come up with these mm-hmm. reasons. I just flat out have always admitted it. And now I find myself in recent years like, I look up and down the roster. I'm like, I like 15 of the players. They don't win anymore. So I, the, the the intensity isn't there until they get back to the evil empire. I, Luke Voigt's one of my absolute favorite players. Uh, LeMahieu, big fan. Aaron Hick, always have liked uh, um, Masahiro Tanaka. Even even mid-tier guys like Jordan Montgomery. Um, he's, this guy isn't a mid-tier guy. I don't want to say that. And then say Aaron Judge right after that you guys did he just say mid-tier guys like Jordan Montgomery and Aaron Judge no I'm shifting back to stars but I really like Aaron Judge he's a very likable superstar uh Gio Urshela so yeah they got tons of fun players I think they're going to get another one back in DJ LeMayu it makes a ton of sense let's say things fall down and they get stupid the Yankees do and they don't want to sign him or they they lowball him they're like 327 he's like suck my butt where would you put him second place give a second place team here uh, I mean, had we had this conversation on Tuesday about LeMahieu, I would have said the Blue Jays obviously make the most sense um, as a team that I think wants to improve. Changed. The Mets losing Cano. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you say, you say other New York comes in yeah. and says, shut up, Blue Jays, you're poor. Mm-hmm. And I think that... I think they become kind of the second place. It's still in New York, which apparently he likes to. He likes playing in New York, mm-hmm. uh, and they've got a ton of money. They now have a spot and money that they well, didn't necessarily have. Well, two of their uh, guys uh, or three of their infield guys can go to the outfield too, and mm-hmm. they have the which, what we firmly believe and will restate is the impending DH. It mm-hmm. is not guaranteed, but we firmly firmly believe in an owner who seems to want to make a splash yes so uh yeah i I think uh the mets are the the number two place if he's going to go somewhere else i think that's where he ends up yes okay i i I could totally see that too because uh they they i could see them going like the fourth year if a lot of Mm -hmm. if for some reason you know teams are three years only and he's hardlining on a fourth and the Yankees say, nope, we're doing three. And then he turns to the Mets and, and they say, all right, DJ LeMahieu, come on over here. We'll give you your fourth year. I could see something like that playing out. But I really do think he's going back to there, uh, to the Mets, or to the Yankees, excuse me. Uh, speaking of Yankees, speaking of guys I like, Masahiro Tanaka, seventh on the board here, which probably tells you a little bit more about the free agency board than anything mm-hmm. else. And I again, I really like Tanaka. He's, I think he's very steady. Very strong pitching option, but we're we're already at seven and he's here. And I don't know if people get like the game changer feel from him. Now maybe they should. He's been a little bit uh, up down type of deal with regards to the ERA four seven four three seven five four forty five three fifty six. If you look in there, the the FIP has been uh, pretty consistent, ranging from four hundred one to 442 like that's that's a pretty tight range there in those four seasons for Masahiro Tanaka home run suppression um has been a challenge and I think that's what makes the volatility between the FIP and the ERA 
mm-hmm. so stark for him. His Ks have bounced around a little bit too, namely the last two years. Craig's looking at two f- for 30. Um, the medium was 354. And I- I'm just going to do Craig in the median. I don't, I'm not going to worry about the average. Just because <laughs> I don't know, because it's weird to say like 2.63 years. Like, that's mm-hmm. like I get, I get what an average is and I get why it's like that. But I think, I think we're fine getting an idea from the Craig, from Craig Edwards's thing and the median. Um, and I, I, I guess I can give trade rumors too, but they have the him back at 339. So th- this does have another strong potential of a return to a team. And I wonder. Do we just see a lot of staying home because of the weird market? Now, you, you've put several guys back on their team as their best mm-hmm. fit. I I feel like this is a decent one yeah. to say that as well. Um, I'll let you say where you where you've got them, but do we see maybe a, a, a an uptick in those just because everything's so bizarre and teams are gonna be crying poor? It's like okay, I'll stay home for a little bit, get a few, you know get these few bucks here and then move on? Um, or do you think people try try to move away more and just take whatever they can get? I, I don't know if there's going to be a general tenor or not. I think this year, I mean, and this isn't necessarily uncommon in free agency itself, but I think it's just going to be more common is I think just the rich are going to get richer. Um, mm-hmm. And guys who are leaving or, you know, free agents from teams like the Yankees, like the Dodgers, likely end up back on those teams because those are the teams that have money and now they have that hole to fill uh, from those guys uh, becoming free agents. So I think that's more of the reason I just don't, I just don't see, you know, probably a third of the league or maybe even more of the league spending money. Yeah. And so, I mean, when we get to, you know, other guys on this list that those are the ones are going to change teams. I, I have a hard time believing Tanaka, uh, would go to another spot, um, especially because, I mean, a lot of the West Coast teams, I, mean, I guess he could end up with the Angels, and I think that would be a really good fit. Mm-hmm. I think Tanaka would fit well there for mm-hmm. sure. And that's they a West Coast team, you know, and we we do know that a lot of the Japanese players like to, to play on the West Coast or New York. So, yeah, and I, I think that, that would fit, fit there. They need starting pitching if they can't get Bauer, mm-hmm. which, you know, they... Who knows? Who knows if they've got if they've got the cash to do it? Um, they're sitting on Heaney, Bundy, Canning, Sandoval, Baria. I think they signed two two three names off this off this free agency list that are all kind of in the range of their best guys already, and they deepen the the staff. Tanaka would be a nice would be a nice piece for sure, and mm-hmm. might bring down the home runs a little bit. Yeah, if it went out to uh, L.A. There. Not so that L.A. is a great pick. place to pitch, though. It's not like elite, but it's certain. I think it's better than Yankee Stadium. Yeah, and so uh, I'll I'll agree with you there. I think that's that's a good it's a good secondary fit. Um, there's a lot of teams listed here by trade rumors: Mets, Cubs, Braves, Giants, Angels, Blue Jays, Nats, Phillies, Red Sox, White Sox. Just like anyone who needs pitching, which is everyone. I mean, everyone could, could use some pitching. Uh, this next one is very interesting. It's Ha Young Kim. It's a player coming over from. The Japanese league, and he's coming over, or excuse me, the KBO. Yeah, uh, he's coming over uh, the Kiwam uh, Heroes, Kiwam Heroes, um, coming over at age 25, which is particularly interesting. We get a lot of the players coming over from uh, Japan in their late 20s and maybe even early 30s. That's what made Shohei Otani so interesting too. Is is the age at which he came over? Kim isn't quite Otani good he's coming over as a middle infielder shortstop slash third base at age 25 craig saying five and 60 the median said 444 i think there's a lot of teams that should be looking here even non-contending teams because of his age uh should be looking at kim without a doubt what do you what, what do you know on on kim here uh, I don't know a ton. This is going to be one where I'm going to go talk to my uh, uh, guys that cover the KBO. And, you know, that is uh, Tim McLeod over at Prospects 361 is always my, my first go-to. Yeah. Uh, Tom Musa uh, has been doing a lot of, uh, of covering of, of the KBO. Um, you know, Alex, Alex Fast was watching a lot of KBO before we had baseball. That's <laughs> so, right. um, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rely on those guys. Uh 
I think this is really interesting because at 25, you get to lock up someone for, you know, probably the best years of his career. And so I think that puts a lot more teams in play because a rebuilding team like Seattle could get involved. Yeah. Um, I'm telling you, know. you, I think every, you know, the Tigers, I think, should mm-hmm. should be interested. Yep. The Orioles should be interested. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a $7.62 million posting fee. So add that into you know your cost of the of the deal, and even if you went five and sixty, so mm-hmm. five, five and sixty eight, we'll call it, uh, we'll round up on that seven point six. That's that's not bad. That like to get somebody that cheap, like relatively speaking, thirteen point six mil per year, on average. If you throw if you add in the posting fee as well, for ages uh, twenty five through thirty, or twenty five through twenty nine is really good and every team should take a look now he was in korea this year putting up a 3109 23 steel season hitting 306 397 523 he's a monster uh 307 389 491 with 19 homers 104 ribbies and 33 steals like total beast total fantasy stud too um i wonder is he in the pool to be drafted at oh yes he is he's been going around 233 in drafts have you considered kim at all you know he's ranged from 111 to 345 so tim mcleod has already done a draft maybe <laughs> maybe I, and i don't even hate it by the way like with yeah. that with that profile are you kidding me it just you know you fall uh potentially victim to uh you know, the guys who just have struggle when they first come over. You, you fall victim to shutting the hell up. <laughs> so, I don't know. I mean, uh, he up. hasn't been kind of on my radar uh, a ton in my early drafts. Okay. Uh, largely because I usually have two shortstops or a shortstop in a middle That's by the time we how, get there. Yeah, shortstop remains so freaking deep. And second base is even deeper, which is, like, insane. So, by the time we get to that point... You know, I'm I'm not quite ready to start throwing guys on my reserve list usually. I get it. I, I, I get that with regards to uh yeah, I, I can totally get that with regards to this. In because... every single one of my drafts, I've had a shortstop before I've gotten out of round two. It it's hard not to. Mm-hmm. It's hard not to because even though there's shortstop depth, the, there's still so much premium at the top that you want to be part of that. Yep. Um I think sometimes people see depth and they wait too long, not realizing that to keep up with the Joneses, you need a lot from that area. Mm-hmm. Um, we saw that with like the home run explosion. Like, well, I can get these twenty homer guys later. Yeah, but the twenties don't matter as much. You got to you got to readjust what uh, what average is and everything. So yeah, but I'm interested in Kim. Um, as far as like where he goes, the trade rumors put him on the Rangers. I think that's interesting. Again, a team that's not fully contending right now, that'd be a, actually a really, really good fit. And uh, they've had a lot of success getting some of these international players. So, uh, so they, they might be ready to go. And that mm-hmm. would be a huge splash to make without having to break the bank. That's, mm-hmm. that's the beauty here. I mean, you could even bump Craig's number, the five and 60, Another 10, 12 mil, and it still just makes a lot of sense for every team to at least take the shot. He's no guarantee, like you said. Mm-hmm. Players have come over and struggled. It's a big change to come across uh, from from East Asia. I totally understand that. But the numbers this guy's put up consistently make uh, Haseong Kim, that's H-A hyphen S-E-O-N-G Kim, for those that are looking for him, want to read up on him, you, got, you, you better have some knowledge about him going in because... He could be a really interesting player. And if you are in a draft that's pushing him into the, you know, mid-200s, I think that that is a good time to consider him and just take that gamble. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think I would do 111 right now, personally, no matter how hyped I am on him. But uh, if the Rangers didn't get him, give me give me a team or two that, that you like. Either maybe you like one that's not a contender and then a, a contender that you think. Mm. Uh I'm going to say a team that's a contender that I think he would fit really nicely with. And they were just active in kind of the Asian uh, markets recently are the Reds. 
Yes. I mean, right now yes, they've they got, got Jose Garcia pegged as their shortstop. Mm-hmm. Um, and that that's not going to be, you know, they're, they're going to be a team that goes out and gets a shortstop here at some point. So yeah, if, if they're not prospect, able to get Lindor. But I think it's too early to uh, to give him the full-on job. Yeah. Um, for Garcia. And, no, I, I agree. Yeah, yeah. Like, for Garcia to get the full-on job there yeah, in, yeah, in Cincinnati. Sure. And then what about uh, what about a, more of a non-contender taking a shot? I mean, like the Rangers. And if you don't really think anybody else, that's fine too. But um, like I said, I think I'd open that Kim could go a billion different places. Um, I, I mean, are the Mariners set it short? Is, you know. With JP? Yeah. Crawford? Like, I think that they feel like they are. And I think he just won a gold glove, right? So yeah, so they're probably out. The Angels again, another uh, team. That's where I was gonna go. You know, they they just lost Andrelton, uh, so they could easily, you know, and that's a a big signing that doesn't necessarily, you know, it doesn't go into, uh, you know, the uh, hundred million dollar range. So exactly. So if that... they miss out on some other guys. Maybe he's he's the guy that they go after. I, I could see the Angels targeting him and then mm-hmm. making that a high-impact bat while still having some money to get pitching. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That would be a, a good avenue for the Angels. So I agree with that. And then as far as another contender to look at, uh, I wonder I wonder if the A's would do this move. It would be a really good fit. Yeah. Um, that being said, like they don't strike me as one of those teams that gets very involved in the international markets as much but they you know they brought over Cespedes that's that's from Cuba but I that was a long time ago though I know but uh maybe a new regime wants to make a splash too yeah if Davis Boris leaves it makes a lot of sense I mean we especially with Simeon hitting the market if they don't feel like they're going to be able to re-sign Marcus Simeon for exactly uh, for an affordable price, and obviously Simeon's older. Maybe they want to get younger. They have um, very few dollars on the books for 2021. Yeah. They have 16.75 to Chris Davis, 7.6 to Piscotti, 4 mil to Jake Diekman. I mean, and then and then our, uh, of which some are, are getting bigger. Kanha, Shamanaya making some money, but, like, it's not crazy. And... They could also be a team that goes the opposite direction and and totally says, well, we're just going to continue cutting payroll because we didn't make any money this year. They're always a threat to do that. But again, new new regime, too, could Mm -hmm. go a lot of different ways. So the bottom line is with Kim, it's wide open. I'm really excited to see what happens with him. Let's talk D.D. Gregorius, who took a pillow contract into into Philadelphia uh, on that one-year deal there. And was was solid. Got back to being Didi. 284, 339, 488, 10 homers in his 60 games, played all 60 games. Uh, bounced back from the ugly 19. I think he showed that, hey, he's the Didi that we saw in 17 and 18. You can feel confident there. The only thing is, a little bit older now at age 31. Uh, Craig has 223. Median went 345. That's, that's a pretty big split there from 11.5 to 15 mil per year. Where do you come out financially on Didi? And then we'll place him on the team. Mm. Um, you know, I just, unfortunately, I think he's going to be one of those guys that, you know, in a different year would have gotten <laughs> a better deal. Uh, he's 31. I'm going to guess he gets like 230. Okay, um, so you're, you're on the same AAV as the median. You're just going down mm-hmm. a year for Didi. Okay. Yeah, I, I think, you know, in a, in a regular year, he might have gotten that third year. I just wonder now if he does. I think a lot of teams are going to be hoping to get give a lot of one-year deals, but they'll do some two-year deals. Yeah. I think it's going to be I, – I, I don't think we're going to see a lot of three to, you know, three-plus-year deals, uh, except for the guys who are kind of at the top. I agree. I, I, think, I think we're going to see shorter contracts this year. Because and players are going to say we want money, and say okay, then you got to take fewer years, and then mm-hmm. they're going to make that trade off. Um, now, now, where do you think Didi goes? Because, like I said, you know, I think he showed himself to be good to go. Could he go to the Reds? That uh, trade I think that's yeah. I think that's but, a spot. 
Um, trade rumors has that 339 over to back to the Reds where he's he's been before. And that's where he started. That's where he started. Mm-hmm. So comes full circle. That'd be a really good fit. That uh, you, you know, you mentioned Jose Garcia penciled in at the starter right now. He's pretty young. Uh, I don't think that they want to entrust him to the job. The the, the offense underperformed. I I, I understand the, the inclination to say they need offense based on how it performed last year. I think even if they ran it back with just this, even if they got a lesser uh, fill in for shortstop, I think the offense would be expected to perform better just because it was mm-hmm. it underperformed so much. But if you also want to kick it in the pants a little bit, a, a nice little D.D. Gregorius bat certainly helps do yep. that. Um, they would start to get a little lefty heavy, though. Then it does four, get a little lefty two, heavy. Three, four, five, six of their starters would then be lefties. So Yeah, I just, I mean, he could ba- end up back in Philadelphia. True. I think that's, yeah, I mean, I think that. They need to do some things. That's that's a logical standpoint, but I just don't think he's at the top of their priority list. I think it's I think you know pitching. obviously, yeah, real Muto and pitching. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, real Muto as well. But yeah, pitching and real Muto really uh, stand out for them. Uh, all right, next up is Justin Turner, and again, <laughs> going back to the Dodgers, like I, this dude, is, I like, like this is uh, this is too easy. Um, you know, it's the only place that is likely going to give him more than one year. Yeah. And they may not even give him more than one year. Um, and I, I especially think, think, with the COVID stuff. At yeah, the maybe, end of the maybe not series. with that. But I, I think I think it's too. You know how how uh, little trade rumors even thinks that it's possible he goes somewhere else. They didn't list any other teams. Yeah, he, he's going like, back. Uh, they they just they other don't. Other teams really should get involved, though. I mean, oh, as I much would be as, intrigued, yeah, to, to see another team step in because he's yeah. an awesome player. Yeah, and the third base pool is, I mean, after Turner and LeMahieu, like, there's nothing, like, on the market, at least at the moment. So, like, if you need a third baseman, uh, you should be going after a guy like Turner, and I, I would hope that the Blue Jays would at least make a pitch, um, you know, or a team like that. But I, I do think he just ends up back in the... Uh, yeah, it back goes Tom. Tommy Lestella, Brad Miller, Jed Jerko. Yeah, it's it, it's it's not a good third base pool after the top two guys. So yeah, um, we're really sticking with Dodgers. It's it's kind of the easy answer, but it's probably the right one. All right, next up we have somebody who Michael Brantley. Michael Brantley, sorry, lost my list there for a second. Uh, oh yeah, we've been strolling. Then we go to Brantley instead. Uh, Two twenty four for Craig. 345 for the uh, for the median, so they've got to get that third year. I think they're wrong. Uh, I definitely lean with Craig on this one because he's gonna be 34 year old, uh, good player, but has injury history and he's old. Mm-hmm. No chance he gets just no like I would be floored, man. I would be so floored. And if if it happens, hold me to it and and, and roast me, Justin, because uh, I will gladly take an L. Uh, but I don't see how he gets three years. I just no. do not see how Michael Brantley. And not that, not saying he doesn't deserve it. And not even saying that if a team did it, that I would say that they were stupid. Because he's an awesome player. And I think he is the type of profile that can hold up for three years if, if he gets even a modicum of health. Especially but if you front load it. Like, yeah, exactly. If you did if you did a 3-2-1 kind of thing where the mm-hmm. ton of money up front, mediocre the next year, and then pretty cheap that third year, that would actually be kind of smart. If that get him to sign or something fine but i just don't i think two years is going to be so prevalent that he's not even going to be pushing for a third year because he realizes teams aren't going to give it to just uh, to uh, michael brantley mm-hmm. where do we have him going um he's coming off like i said another great year three straight gems and even a, a solid 2017 before that where he was a little bit above average that but then he's been living in these uh 120s area where where do you where do you like Michael Brantley landing? I want to say the Nationals. Yeah, that that I makes think... some sense. By the way, Braves for a trade rumor, so they're in the NL East as well, mm-hmm. and I think both those teams. And they did list Nats, so you're mm-hmm. you're definitely in agreement with the writer here that that's a uh, stark possibility. Talk to us about his fit on the Nats. There would be him, Soto on the corners, and then Robles in the middle. Yeah, I think so. Um, I mean, they're, they're building a team that 
uh, you know, gets on base, uh, hits her average. Uh, they have plenty of youth on, on this roster, but the, the outfield situation is shaky after Robles and uh, uh, and Soto, obviously. So uh, I think getting a guy like that, while they continue to kind of cultivate talent within the system uh, on a short-term deal, you know, two for 30, something like that, mm-hmm. um, you know, two for 28, uh, is would be a really nice kind of fit for them. So especially with the DH likely coming to the national league, yeah. given the days off there. Uh, I think if there wasn't going to be a DH, I would likely, um, relegate him to being kind of an American league, uh, outfielder. I, I'd certainly he does need tr- those days off. Yeah. I'd certainly try to find mm-hmm. that American league fit more for Michael Brantley. And it, if something does hit a snag, then what American league team do you think fits best? And you could say going back to the Astros if you want. Yeah, I mean, it probably would be. Uh, the, I mean, the White Sox yeah, would be that, interesting that could be interesting fit. for sure. Um, Cleveland would be interesting. I mean, he did start his career there. Uh, they might be looking to bring back, like, a, a friendly face for the fans after they trade Lindor. Um, right. So, like, hey, we know Lindor's not here. But remember Michael hey, Brantley? remember Michael Brantley? He's still good. We he, promise. He was on our IL for many years. We, we promise. <laughs> so, uh, uh, I mean, those would be the American League options. Um, but I yeah, think, but that, yeah. There's a lot of NL fits. Mm-hmm. You know, they list the Cardinals on here. And such a Cardinals move. You don't no. think so? Oh, man. Oh. I feel like a guy like this going. Well, okay. They're looking at letting Wainwright and Molina walk. Well, uh, and I, th- I think, um, let me amend that. Fr- I don't think their outfield really has space, but I think he's the kind of player that would flourish there, Michael Brantley in St. Louis. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't think they should really necessarily be signing outfielders. They have to start to see where these young guys are going uh, with the Dylan Carlson, Harrison Bader, Tyler O'Neill trio. They still have Dexter Fowler taking money. So I don't know that he's, he's not really a good fit. But I'm just saying, in, in terms of this team construction, but that's the kind of guy that they get, and he ends up mm-hmm. dominating for them. Yeah. The late career veteran. So mm-hmm. that's what I meant by that more than anything else. All right, moving on. Next one, James Paxton. 1-15 in 15 for Craig, 2-30 and 30 for the median. So they're set on the 15 mil. It's just a matter of a one- or two-year deal. Um, yeah, it's going to be hard to see him getting three. So where's Paxton go on a one, two, one or two-year deal? I think the Angels. I think this is uh, a guy that you know fits kind of remarkably well for what they need. A, a guy who can hopefully come in, eat some innings, uh, and has some upside there at the starting pitching position. Uh, of course, you know he could go back to the Yankees. Um, yeah, but... he could. I, I like the Angels. That's that's a great call out because, um, again, they're looking for creative ways. Like the the Bauer thing is is. It's so hard mm-hmm. because you gotta you gotta get the top dog to come out there. They gotta be looking for more creative ways to do things. That's why I think Kim is a good fit. I think Paxton is a potential ace that you're only committing one or two years to. Mm-hmm. Obviously, obviously the health. We know we know that it's lingering big time, and you can't really put him in for anything close to ace innings. But when he pitches, he can still be ace like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean Toronto makes a lot of sense too. He is Canadian. He's Canadian. Um, they do need starting pitching. So, uh, and I mean the White Sox make a lot of sense as well. That's uh, where Craig uh, put him. One year, ten okay. mil. Yeah, but I, I do think it's kind of it's either the Angels or the Blue Jays. I think, but um, I mean he could end up in the Phillies. Like you, you know, that's a you know another spot that yeah, uh, that's not they, a decent fit. Yeah, so uh, I think while I think it looks like trade rumors says one year, ten million. I think he's going to yeah. get a second year. Some, I think it gets more than ten year. if it's one year as well. Yeah. I think mm-hmm. I like the fifteen that Craig said. All right, next up is the prize of the bullpen uh, free agencies, uh, free agents rather, and that's Liam Hendricks, who has turned into an absolute stud, Justin, mm-hmm. and uh, has added velo and just nasty, nasty all around, man. Um, and the team will definitely be angling for him. He's 32, but uh, coming off these back-to-back seasons of sub-2 ERA, 
with the gaudy strikeout rates, 37 and 40% respectively. Added that velo last year, bumping from 94 to 96 and a half. Held most of it this year, going to 96.1. That's that's a minimal drop. Um, he's the real deal. Like it, It's difficult to trust relievers, but if you're going to trust anyone, you got to feel pretty trusting Liam Hendricks. Craig says 330. The, the median says 336 of the crowdsource. And uh, so they're close there, 10 and 12 mil. What do you think for Hendricks? And obviously the market will be robust for him, I believe. Mm-hmm. But uh, what kind of money? And then where where do you place him? I think he's going to get somewhere close to that 336. Uh, I mean, Will Smith got, what, 340 with the Braves. Um, so you, you take a little away because of everything going on with COVID. But he is clearly the number one relief target on the market. And there are so many teams with money that need relievers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so uh, I'm going to say the Phillies. Yes, uh, completely agree with that. Where he ends up. And I, yeah, I think it's like 333, 336, something like that. Yep. I think they make the most sense to put out that money, put the extra uh, dollars to get it. I wouldn't go fourth here if I were them. I would hold firm there, mm-hmm. but I would push, I would push, you know, 336. Uh, uh, and maybe a little bit higher than that even just to ensure that I get my guy. Because like I said, there's almost nobody. It's, it's hard to trust relievers in general. If you're going to trust one, this is the guy. He's Hendricks has been awesome. And uh, he, he's definitely working with some great stuff right now. That seems like it'll at least hold up for the next couple of years. So if you get too great out of a three-year deal, you feel wonderful about that. So uh, I don't want to complicate it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go Phillies as well. And we move on to our next guy here because... I'm not just going to make up something to disagree. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about Angleton Simmons. Speaking of shortstops earlier and uh, his former team, the Angels, we put a few guys replacing him possibly. Um, 217 for Craig. The crowdsource says 342. That's that's a stark difference, 8.5 to 14 mil. Mm-hmm. I lean closer to Craig on this one. Um, he had a weird season, Justin, when he stopped playing at the like the last week. And then came out as like a cheap five uh, G conspiracist. Oh, I didn't see that part. Theorist. <laughs> yeah, like uh, he posts stuff on his Instagram about how you know the five G is getting you and everything. Um, took off the last week of the season due to like he opted out basically. Yeah, I don't know, man. Um, interesting stuff to to say the least. He ain't getting no fourteen mil a year. I don't see that unless it's a one-year deal from a team that desperately wants him. The glove is still brilliant. There are no two ways around it, but the bat is you're hoping for average at best, really. Mm-hmm. So where, where are you putting Angleton Simmons? First off, what are you paying him? Like one year, 12 mil. Yeah, which I guess, you know, that's two mil away from 14. What I mean when I say he's not getting 14 on a three-year deal, I don't, yeah. I would not see that at all. I can see him getting 114. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, I, I want to clarify on that because I was so adamant. On a three-year deal, no way it's 14. Yeah, he's it's, not getting a three-year deal. 10 max if he got a three-year deal. On a one-year, maybe a 114. But, uh, yeah, he was 99 WRC plus this past year. Angleton Simmons was 81 the year before that, 108, 102, 90. So he kind of lives in that range. But he's a very positive war player because his defense is so darn good. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he, he's still, even in a 30-game sample this year, he only played half because he missed some time. Uh, the injury, and then he left. He was still worth .6 war, which mm-hmm. is uh, you know pretty good. So uh, where, where, do you, where do you put him, though? Oakland. Oh, yeah, I think, you know. I think, he, I mean, you, you pair him up with Matt Chapman uh, on that side I, of the diamond, and now you have just lockdown defense. It's a team that doesn't want to spend money, uh, long, especially long-term. Uh, and so, yeah, I, th- I think Oakland makes a ton of sense for him. They do. They do They do make some, some good sense. Trade over said the Yankees. I don't Which, understand that. Maybe I don't really if if we thought LeMahieu wasn't coming back, then yeah. I guess you start putting people there. But I mean, wouldn't they rather have Didi back? Like yeah, I, they know they know the guy that they're getting there. Maybe they're improving defense. I don't know. Um, I think the Reds that we've talked about mm-hmm. are, are fit. Phillies, some other shortstop uh, interested teams. 
maybe Cleveland after they trade Lindor, or are they expected to get? I think a, they're expected to get a major league shortstop back in return. Okay. Yeah, Rosario or Jimenez. Yeah, yeah. All right. Do you think he's going to the Mets? By the way, you think Lindor's going to the Mets? I do. Okay. That'll be uh, that'll be a nice little splash there for them. All right. Last one we got here today: Jock Peterson. The platoon bat extraordinaire, 220-220 for both Craig and the median. They're in lockstep here. Let's see where trade rumors have them. If they got them 220, that'd be amazing. <laughs> 218, they ruined it, bastards. Um, nearly traded to the Angels. We lamented that deal all offseason and made fun of them for not making it. Even though Stripling didn't pan out, they still would have been better off doing it because of how good uh, mm-hmm. Jock was. Oh, actually, no, 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 no. He wasn't good until the playoffs. Pardon me. Yeah. No, if you look at it, though, so then maybe they shouldn't have done mm-hmm. the deal because both guys actually didn't pan out. I don't play it like that, though. I don't think that just because their stats didn't uh, turn out well that, that it necessarily would have been the same for the Angels. I think it would have been good to acquire those two players. But they look back and say, see, we didn't we didn't lose out on two studs with Stripling and Peterson flopping. I, I didn't realize that Peterson didn't really get going until the playoffs. Now, he was great in the playoffs. But he is a full-on platoon guy. You do not play him against lefties uh, at all. He's a 191, 266, 310 career guy. And uh, he, you know, got 10 plate appearances against them this year. The Dodgers were not having it. So where do you, where do you put Jock Peterson? What uh, what platoon are you working for him? Because mm. I've got it if you don't. Mm. Yeah, you tell me what you got. Come on, this is this. He goes to our our outfield wasteland in Cleveland and pairs up with Jordan Luplau, and it's perfect. Yeah, I it's mean, straight up, one thousand percent right left platoon, and that's a quality player that they end up putting together. I think. Yeah, I could definitely, uh, I could definitely see that. Um, huh, yeah. Your Tigers have been mentioned. I'd be fine with that. I think that'd be a really interesting fit. As long as they platooned him. Mm-hmm. Um, like, don't don't get stupid. Like, Travis Demerit can play in his, like, he's not he's not going to learn how to hit lefties out, out of nowhere. Like, it's it's not happening for Jack Peterson. But he can be a damn fine player. Like, I don't buy that, uh, I don't buy his 20 level. In fact, the playoffs completely show that, mm-hmm. you know, the 178 back. 677 OPS that he had against righties in the regular season was small sample fluke. And so he'll get, he, he would have regressed back toward his numbers. Uh, 928.93 were the two OPSs the year, years before that. I think he will end up in a place uh, that he will get an opportunity to go against lefties early um, to try to prove himself. And so maybe I they, think maybe they say maybe he goes in saying you know I'll come I'll come here mm-hmm. but uh, let me play a bit more. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I think it'd be smart for him to try to regain some value. Come go in on a two year deal, uh, and say you know hey okay I'm going to prove that you know the Dodgers are wrong about actually hit lefties, um, and then when I'm 33 I can hit the open market again and try to get one more deal. Yeah, that's true. Uh, on a two-year deal. Dude, if he came to Tigers, I'd, I'd be cool with that. I like Jock Peterson. He's good. I, I um, love Jock Peterson. Cardinals, Giants, Astros, Nats, White Sox, Tigers were the fits that the trade rumors listed with the Cardinals getting him. So we'll see how that goes. But uh, they didn't even list the Indians. Again, I think that that would actually work. But uh, that's going to wrap up our second part here on free agency. I think we'll do one more where mm-hmm. we where we look at another group of guys. I think there's still some interesting players to discuss. And then uh, uh, we're not going to do all 50. I think it would be a little bit overkill to uh, <laughs> to do that. If like, okay, Yadi Molina now. Where are we putting him? Um, you know, there's still fantasy-relevant players throughout the top 50. But we're trying to focus on the top ones. So we'll do that on Tuesday. But, Justin, it was great talking with you as always. Hope you have a great weekend. Take it easy.